When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is great to be with you. Good to be back. Hope you're well on a Monday. Hope you had a tremendous weekend. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Jeff. That is Tom, Director Matthew in the house as well. And, uh, man, it's a good week. This is a fun week and a busy one. We have got a lot to touch on, a lot to get to, a lot to talk about throughout these next three days in particular. Uh, It is a busy time. Just a lot going on, a lot of good stuff, some curious things uh, to kind of go over as well. Fascinating, nonetheless. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. If you're watching on Warchant TV, thanks so much for that. Make sure you uh, like, subscribe, share, celebrate the goodness of Warchant and the JCS, and uh, and and yourselves and yourselves this holiday season. Today, without question, we'll get a little little Billy Squire action in here. Without without a doubt, it's the time, and we're gonna actually, Tommy, have the cold weather we've been dreaming of. Freezing cold weather. It's gonna Boy. be great. Kind of feels like the cold weather might make some swag happen today as well. <laughs> the bowl swag segment happens today on the Jeff Cameron Show. Many of you asked about it last week because we took Thursday and Friday off for the most part. I did do the picks with Lee uh, from Paramount Sports. I also did uh, the picks with my mom. By the way, I took Jacksonville against the Cowboys yesterday, both as a sporting guy uh, as well as uh, against my mom. So that that had to have been a devastating loss for her. All kinds of crazy things happening in the NFL. Oh, this that was the, it was the wildest of weekends in the league. I mean, that was nuts. What a way to end that Raiders game. That is, if you're Bill Belichick, that's on your resume now. That happened. That's a thing. Why didn't you just play for overtime? What's the problem? Yeah, both ways <laughs> because the Miami yeah. the Miami miracle happened to him as well, and I believe yeah. Gronk was on the field for that play. He was. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was defending in that moment. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It was. It was just. It was bizarre. Let's do this, though. Let's do this. We, we'll get. We have time to touch on the NFL. We have time to touch on the bowl games we've seen. We have obviously Florida State fell in basketball. Did rally back to cut it to six. I, I, they're fighting. They are fighting. They're not good, and they're doomed now to have a losing record. I think, based on what they did in the non-conference, that I don't really see a path to having a winning record. But they aren't quitting, so that's a positive sign. I'll touch on that some moments in that game as well. But. I think we got to start where you know where the energy is, and we, we we want to start most of the time. We try to take inventory on the weekend. 
that was we start with FSU football whenever possible. The busy time stayed that way, and God bless the transfer portal yet again. Since we talked last, we got to go back a ways. Now, the last time we were celebrating the transfer portal, we were talking about the tight end out of South Carolina coming on down, and that was a great get as he was the top tight end in the portal and fills a huge need for Florida State at a very key position. Obviously, you upgrade your team. Florida State is going to be it's part of an overall analysis and philosophy of where Florida State's at. There's some really good and there's some bad, and it's all intermingled. The good is that, obviously, they are set up to win right now. They are set up to win and win big right now. They're, they're making a move to try to win the conference next year. You can see it in their philosophy, right? But they are struggling to a degree when it comes to high school recruits. And it's very frustrating. Now, specifically, I'll get into some areas that I'm concerned about uh, on the staff. So we'll touch on all these things, the good and the bad. But the good continued in the portal because before we could talk to you about it, took those two days off, Kyle Morlock, the Division II 6'7 tight end, transfer out of Shorter College in Georgia, committed to Florida State. And that's a big deal because, look, if you're if you hear on the surface, you're driving down the road, you don't pay close attention to Florida State or recruiting, for that matter. Maybe you're just not interested in recruiting. I can see how that is, but you understand how vital it is. I understand that, too. Well, this was the that duo between Bell and now Morlock. You're talking about the number one rated tight end in the portal and the number three rated tight end in the portal. So you got one and three in the portal at a position of huge need. And now think about it for a second. The red zone targets, you have two separate six foot seven players in the red zone now to go along with if you want. I could just sprinkle in six foot four Malik McLean and six three Kentron Portier, whoever you want to do it. They've got we got several guys. Six three, six four, six seven, six seven. It's a matchup nightmare if we spread you out and get some one-on-ones. This is a problem because also our quarterback is mobile. So you really ought to be exceptionally fertile in the red zone in the way of touchdowns this upcoming year. That's what that does for you. It does a lot of things for you, but you just think about targets now and what what he's throwing to and how proficient he's become and how comfortable he's become and what they're doing. Now, I'm good. I'm going to give you the good and the bad because players come, but they also go. And Florida State lost another player in Demore Tate. Now, listen, in watching Demore Tate, it was clear he was getting buried in the depth chart. He was not a guy that was making an impact. He's entered his name into the transfer portal. He's out. Nice little message from Demore Tate. Didn't appear to be bitter in any way. But this is part of what I would call a frustrating trend in the secondary with highly touted guys, highly touted recruits, four- and five-star guys who've not developed into good football players while they were here. It's very frustrating. Demore was ranked um, in the top 15 in the state of Florida as a player. Top 15 kid in the state of Florida. And we know this state produces gold when it comes to talent. He was a top 100 player nationally. Hell, he committed to Florida State over Georgia and Alabama. Lest we forget. <laughs> that kid committed to Florida State over Georgia and Alabama. And we got nothing. We got nothing from him. He was steady slide. I know why he left. He wasn't going to play. We weren't getting anything out of him. And that's frustrating because that joins, well, if we're going to be honest, and there's always a lot of nuance to these discussions. It's not always that 
the staff didn't do something or the player didn't do something. There's always a mix involved here. But if you lump this together now with, say, Hunter Washington, who was a highly touted kid when he came to Florida State, we thought he was going to be a good player, gone. Sam McCall, we know about, right? Now, Sam McCall is a talented kid. Again, I'm not saying that's all coaches' fault. There are a lot of factors there. I've already commented on this, much to the chagrin of some, <laughs> with the situation with McCall. But he's, at some point, we assume, going to play somewhere else. Okay? He's not here. He's not going to be here. The secondary continues to be an area where I don't think we're getting the kind of traction in recruiting or in development. Still can't play zone. How many years are we going to go on not being able to play zone? Why are guys going to be constantly confused? So this is all part of an area where I, I, they got to do something. They're losing out in the secondary. Yeah, in developing the blue chippers that you would think give you a head start, it has been mixed at best. They do have some good examples, if you look at some depth pieces, of guys that got a hell of a lot better in the secondary, but they weren't touted out of high school, and they weren't prioritized out of high school like somebody who would, say, commit to Florida State over Georgia and Alabama. Yes. Reynardo Green is a great story this year. He is. Greedy Vance, by the end of the season, was a hell of a lot better than when he came into the program. But then there are head scratchers, too. Yeah, I, I, I think on the old, on the Duke whole, Cooper we're, being we're, one of well, them. we're we're losing Knowles being another one. There 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 are others. We're not we're not getting out of that group what we should. And I also think we're struggling from a recruiting standpoint there too. I it's two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to that position group. I've talked about this before. It's an area of weakness on this team. It consistently is against good offenses. Uh, we, every time you play one, you give up a ton of yards. Uh, so I just that's bothersome. Now, let's get back to the adding of the talent because, again, this you want to talk about preying on the whims of emotion of adults and kids and everybody in between. The portal does it. Recruiting does it in general. But the portal really does it because you get these known commodities that you're so excited to plug and play guys that right now you see how they make you better tomorrow. Tomorrow. Now, now we're going to wait three years on you. You're going to be a starter or at least contributing the day you get here, in all likelihood. That's at least what we're talking about with those tight ends. And I think that's what we're talking about with former Colorado guard Casey Roddick. Six foot four, 310 pound offensive lineman comes in, 30 games as a starter in Power Five football. I'll grant it at Colorado. But hey, nonetheless, this is a big kid who can play center as well. And what do we know? Well, we know if Alex Atkins wants you, that's probably a pretty good sign you can play. He was a much better pass blocker than he was run blocker. We know that too. Film tells you that. Grades tell you that. That's fine. But I also know this. That is applicable to other players we've brought in at the position, and Atkins improved their ability to run block through teaching technique and obviously his overriding philosophies that he's able to impart very well to these kids very quickly. You think about the guys that have come in in the portal on the offensive line, it really was a saving grace this year because you had injuries there, and if those guys hadn't been able to meld quickly and understand what they were being taught, this would have been a, a much worse season than they ended up having. Those guys produced from day one. That's huge. So I, I suspect that you get the number six-ranked interior offensive lineman in the portal, according to On3, and you bring him here with that much starting experience. I don't know if he's a starting center or a guard, but he's a depth piece either way. And he may start. We don't know. We'll have to wait till we get him in here and take a look at what he is. But, uh, you know, Maurice played well last year. He's still undersized. So 
you know, I will always argue that when in doubt, you want A, this depth, because that's a position of wear and tear, and two, uh, you want competition. You want fierce competition, and the portal provides that frequently. So good news there. Again, 30 starts at the Power 5 level. He could play center, could play guard. I'm just going to trust that Alex Atkins is going to get the most out of him because that's what he does, and that's a good sign. Now, we're all sitting on edge if we're observing and the approaching signing day, all right, because there's good and there's bad and there are whispers. There's everything, right? It is abundantly clear that your chief rival, who you throttled 45-3 to on the football field this year, is all in on overpaying high school talent. Now, that is a philosophy that they have right now to cash in on both the new car smell and a willingness of a billionaire, at least on paper, to fund a roster overhaul. And at least as it pertains to rankings, it's going to work. It's, for now, it's going to work. They're going to sign. Miami is going to sign a top three class, top four class. That product that we all just watched on the football field last year suggests there should be no way in hell that that happens, but it's going to happen. And if you're willing to overpay, say, two to three times the going rate in some cases, two to three times the market value in some cases, for a high school player, well, look, man, this is, this is where it gets tough because, fine, do it. I think it's long-term probably disastrous. Short-term, it's a gain. It provides momentum. Miami will be talked about at length on National Signing Day. You got to win quick, though, because I'll tell you what you are doing, and this is across the board with what we're watching in NIL now and what's going to happen in college football. You, you are now going to see a situation where I think all schools, all powers that be, Alabama, Georgia, Florida State, Florida, LSU, Tennessee, USC, you name it. They're going to have to get a handle on some sort of unilateral rule in which everybody follows to a certain degree. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what the number is going to be because this is not sustainable. And this isn't sour grapes. It's just not. Nobody, I don't care how many billionaires you have wanting to contribute to the NIL so that their school wins. Are they going to do that for 10 years, 15 years? They're going to spend $20 million on a college football roster like it's free agency in the NFL? No, hell yeah, no, nobody's going to do that. Who's going to do that? Yeah, to me, I just I think the model is kind of dumb, too, in the sense that if you have a budget, it's like a salary cap in the NFL. Yeah. Let's just say your own organization, your own collective, whatever, you've got a budget. It would be akin to spending all of that budget on third-round picks, fourth-round picks, and fifth-round picks in the draft. Because to me, the first-round picks and the second-round picks are out of the portal. Those are kids who have college tape. Yeah. Much more Much reliable data. Much easier to assess, yes. Right. And in the case of the high school kids, there are some that are absolute home runs that you know are going to, short of a personal issue or injury issue, they're going to produce. But when you're poaching low five stars or middle, middle of the road four stars at positions of need, all you're doing is pissing off the veterans that you currently have Correct. on the roster. Correct. And this is where it's a long-term problem because let's say you pay allegedly $1.5 million for a tackle, an offensive tackle. Let's just say you do that. Say there's a, a school like Miami who's willing to pay $1.5 million, just, just for numbers' sake, Tom, uh, to an offensive tackle. And he's never played college football, let's say. Okay, you're going to do that? 
Well, what are you going to do after year one? What are you paying uh, a, a, an accomplished college football player? What are you paying him when he sees that kid get $1.5 million? How's that locker room going to look? Oh, I made $50,000 last year, and I started every game for you, and oh, by the way, I was a plus player by every metric, and you're going to give him $1.5 million? Tell you what, I want two. I want $2 million because I'm proven. You might as well pay me $2 million or I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. What about you at safety? What about you at cornerback? You started every game for us last year. You were all ACC. We paid you $40,000 last year. We're going to pay this corner a million dollars who's never played it down in college football? I bet that sits real well with you. Man, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Year in to year in, you're going to have a problem on your hands where your roster retention is going to be impossible. Look at Alabama and Texas A&M and all these kids fleeing right now. They're all gone. It's specifically Texas A&M. Of course. Look yes. at Texas A&M. Yes. So this is a bit of a nightmare. I'm glad we're positioned to do as well as we're doing in the portal. And I will tell you this, and I want to, I'm going to expound on this in a second. The number, uh, There's no getting around this. The number one asset Florida State has going for him right now is Mike Norvell. It's Mike Norvell. That guy, listen to the recruits, listen to the portal players, listen to the people that have played here and left here, listen to the people that transferred in and why. From Jermaine Johnson to Kier Thomas to Jamie Rock, you name them. Listen to what they say. They all say the same things. That kid from Key West that wants to be a filmmaker, the offensive lineman, the three-star kid that was here this weekend. When he was asked about Mike Norvell, always the best, always the best. Love listening and talking to coach. He's the best. They all say that. They all say, not just like this sort of, oh, that's my canned answer. You can tell he's a huge asset because of the bonds that he's able to create. And I think the belief in his philosophy, what he's challenging them to be as better football players, right? I think that's real. Obviously, he got his own roster to buy into it. And then they obviously, obviously, again, 10 times over are telling these kids about that. Now, is everybody on the staff that way? I don't think so. Do you win out every time? No, because high school kids, and I don't blame them for this, a high school kid, if what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive and be a talented high school football player, say in the state of Florida, with Miami as desperate as they are. And I own in general, but Miami is desperate as they are. If I'm coming out of high school, I may want to and completely believe in what Mike Norvell is telling me about challenging myself to grow, to climb, to be better, to be accountable to the guy next to me, to do everything I need to do individually so that collectively we succeed. That's great. That's all good. I might believe it. And then that guy calls and says, I'll give you $2 million to come play football for me, and I'm 18? I'm sorry, man. I'm taking that $2 million. I'm taking the $2 million. And then I'll see Mike in two years. Yes, correct. Yeah. That's how – Yes. So what a weird situation, because on the one hand, you do have to win over kids in the high school ranks. You do have to do better than we're doing in the high school ranks. On the other hand, I don't want my team or collective to pay a high school, very few high school kids that I want to pay a million dollars. That's insane. Uh, this market's going to fix itself. You're correct. It's not sustainable. And we, we first guessed this when it's, the NIL became a thing, that Travis Hunter and players mm -hmm. of that caliber mm -hmm. are going to get to a second and third contract <laughs> in college. Yeah. They're going to get to a second and third contract. If these NIL deals are upfront money for putting your name on the line, which is dotted, 
and it doesn't say that you got to be there for three or four years, you're going to go right back into the market. You're going to. Yeah. It would be stupid not to. Yeah. This is a fun topic. It's, it's, it's a crazy week, and it's going to culminate midweek with signing day. And there are going to be some real wins and some real losses for Florida State. I'm just telling you, that's, well, first of all, that's the way it works, but that's also the tea leaves that we're looking at here. Uh, and everybody who cares deeply about recruiting is hearing those same things, right? There's some good that's going to happen, maybe some surprises that favor Florida State, and some things where you're like, oh, well, I wish that hadn't happened. That's rather frustrating because that's going to happen too. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's jeff cameron show 93.3 real talk radio war chat tv yeah, this is all at once pretty exhilarating, but also exacerbating. And I do wonder, you know, obviously it's not going to end this year. This is we're, we're too close. The time is at hand. And it's, you know, Florida State's going to do fine. Florida State is in a better position to succeed short term right now than any of the teams in the state. And they cashed in on it this year by going 9-3, and three, vanquishing both rivals, one of them an ass-beaten for the ages. I would remind everybody of that repeatedly on the recruiting trail. I suspect Florida State is going to deliver another ass-beating of Miami again next year to keep the trend alive. Now, that's good. That's very good because I think next year's recruitment of high school players will be improved. The initial success on the field this year for the first time in the Norvell era does not immediately pay dividends in the high school recruiting. It has in the portal recruiting where guys want to come in and win right now. It's not a long-term plan in the portal usually. Guys are juniors or seniors. It's a short-term plan. Uh, where you get, I think, a sustained level of excellence that also equals sustained improvement in high school recruiting. I do think that perhaps they're going to have to take a good look at this staff when it comes to high school recruiting as well. Jeff writes, they see the problem is that Mario Cristobal, in my personal opinion, is not a very good coach. He's a good recruiter, and he has money to back him up. Losing season, all that money they spend on recruits are going to leave again. Yeah, no, look, I think if we're projecting that this is going to be money wasted by Ruiz and those that are invested in the Miami football program, I think they're going to have a hard time finding cohesion in that locker room. And this is where the success of Norvell and flipping the culture long-term does benefit Florida State. And if I were a betting man and projecting, I think Florida State's in the much better position. Because I agree with you, by the way, Jeff, 
I don't think game day is is Mario Cristobal's best day. Game day is not his best day. No. Recruiting, offseason, he can do those things. That's fine. Game day is not a great day to be a Miami Hurricane and watch that guy try to coach. He reminds me a little bit, Tom, of Dan Campbell at Detroit, who tries every way imaginable to lose football games through stupidity. His misuse of timeouts, ill-informed decisions, field position, clock management is dreadful. They tried to lose yesterday by kicking a 54-yard field goal against the wind in the freezing cold when they had the game won. Instead, they give the Jets field position at the 50, and they go right down and take the lead. Now, they get bailed out because Goff leads a touchdown drive, and they get the big play to the backup tight end who goes to the house. But, man... Here's what he does do well, though. He gets guys to buy in and play really, really hard, and they care for him, and they're passionate about him. He's an ex-player. So you gotta, if you're a Detroit fan, you're kind of stuck. You're like, well, what do I do? We're playing hard. We're winning some games. We're 7-7. Seven and seven. I like the way that the guys care about each other, and we might make the playoffs. But that dumbass is going to cost us a game. He has to be CTE riddled. I don't know. I watched this guy try to call a game. It is unbelievable watching this guy make decisions on a weekly basis. I love the pause there. You decided to go all in on that point. I, I, he drives me nuts. I watch him. I'm like, what are you doing? They're a likable bunch. I tend to, I've, I've won money on them this year. I tend to watch them. What are you doing? That's Cristobal. The dumbassery in game has to be exhausting to watch, but he can recruit. But does he get guys to play hard for him well, in he this didn't, situation? He, did, he didn't this year. He didn't this year. Yeah, and, and, you know, he certainly didn't in the Pac-12 championship games against Utah. And the, the games That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he puckers. He tightens up in those big moments. That's just true. He's tight as a drum. That's his problem. He doesn't relax. Now, hopefully he doesn't learn that on the job here. But the problem Miami is going to have every offseason, henceforth. Roster retention. And you're going to have to bid against yourself. Of course. That's what I'm saying. This is not sustainable. Nobody's going to do this. And no really wise investor, no matter how passionate about their school they might be, I mean, I don't care who you are. You could be a billionaire multi, multi times over. It's not a good investment to spend 20 to $30 million a year on a college football roster. That's stupid. And are you going to do it year in and year out? That's dumb. Nobody's going to. They didn't get rich by being that dumb. It's just not going to happen. Warren Buffett's not going to be like, hey, Nebraska football, I'm going here to save you. Warren Buffett should do that. But he's never going to do that. He should have a lottery. He should have a lottery of what program is he going to fix. Well, it's just, you know, these guys are into making good decisions. (laughs) Most of us should be. Now, I I love the guy that says, hey, I want to be competitive. I'm going to, to that end, I'm going to contribute. But you, this is, they're going to have to figure something out. This Can is you not sustainable. Being like Texas Tech, like, come on, Warren, come on, <laughs> come on. Choose us. Yeah. Choose us. Now. Again, I, I do think building relationships, having a foundation moving forward with a program that is, you know, it's a sustainable foundation. It's, it's something that is tried and true. It works in business. It works in relationships. You know, this is, if you have a good CEO, they, they always care very deeply 
uh, about the morale of their employees, and they reward those who work hard and are successful. And there is a path. There is a. I talked about this last week, Tom. We did. There's a clear path for players. In this case, we're talking about employees, right? There's a clear path for you to succeed. Here's how you're going to do it. Here's how I'm going to give you the tools to be better. Here's why you're not currently where you'd like to be. And here's how I can help you to get there. Let's do this together. It's in my best interest that you do this, and it's in your best interest that you do this. And we have a plan in place, and this is what it is. That's going to win out long term. But you are going to lose in the short term to a company who says, well, listen, I don't know if you're any good or not. You know, you are coming straight out of high school, or in the case of college, you're coming out of college, great, you got a degree. I know a lot of dumbasses who have degrees. So here's the deal. I don't know if you're any good, but I'm still willing to give you $2 million to start. Like, okay, well, everybody's going to start that job. Everybody's going to go to that place. Doesn't mean the company's going to succeed. Doesn't mean long-term that that's going to work out. Probably means they're going to fail because that's stupid. It's just funny that we have to talk about it on that level because often on this show, we discuss philosophies in football as, oh, they run a 4-2-5. They run a 3-3-5. They like to run under center pro-style football. Right. Smash mouth, air raid, those types of things. Now you have to break down and analyze NIL Collective's philosophies on how do you approach the offseason? Yeah, yeah. How do you approach the roster? Well, is it from within and retention along with cherry picking from the portal? Is it about retention in high school? Is it about high school in the portal? And you just turn over every single year, at least while you have no no cap on the 25. Yeah. Because you are allowed the freedom to make sweeping changes year over year. Got it wrong. Let him go. Get him out of here. Let's get 40 new kids in here. Like, there's That's, going to be philosophies. Again, it's never going to work, though. That's not going to work long term. But it's something that teams and programs are going to try. For now, because there is no rule. <laughs> in no rule whatsoever in place to keep you from doing so. And that's fine. This isn't a woe is me. We're in a good position right now. I mean, if you're looking at Florida State and you look at the collectives, plural, but you see what the battle's end is doing, I mean, they're succeeding. They're getting players. They're, well, they're keeping players in a lot of cases. Their they're, stated goal is retention. Right. That, that's well, uh, well, like a top priority. Of yeah. course it is because you've got a good team right now. You're not Miami. As evidenced by that forty-three to ass, forty-three to uh, forty-five to three ass kicking. I can't even say it. I'm so excited to talk about it. <laughs> I think forty-five to ass is yeah. a, that's a good score. So I love a three. Kind of looks like cheeks, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, how about four to kick in the field goal at the end of that Oregon oh. State game, <laughs> sir? Word of that made it to uh, Lake Buena Vista. Yeah. Yeah, sir. But I again. I would not want, necessarily, there are exceptions, there are outliers, I would not want a collective that is aiding Florida State from afar, no doubt guessing which players the program would like to take in or retain. I would not want said collective to give 99.9% of the high school players in the country that are being recruited by top-line Power 5 schools, a million dollars. Why would you do that? You are, you're cannibalizing yourself. You are screwed. You're like college basketball. College basketball used to be great. doesn't mean anything anymore. People don't even watch it. It sucks. Anyhow, that's conference tournaments and all this other stuff. That Yeah, it's ridiculous. But... You, you give a kid a million dollars, what are you going to do in year two? What are you going to do for the starters that are now seeing right. a kid come in and get paid 
I don't know, five times what they saw, ten times, a hundred times what they saw coming in? Yeah, let's say that he's a quarterback, and it's going to take a couple years for him to get ready in the system or whatever. Or you've got a stud that's currently on the roster that, you know, didn't enter as a high four-star, low five-star player, but he has developed in college. At 21 years old, he's a much different player than he was at 17 years old, and he's an overnight sensation. And you paid $1.5, million for that quarterback straight out of high school. The kid you currently have on the roster just threw for 30 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You got to pay him two, 10% correct. more? 10% correct. more? Correct, correct. This is, this is what we're watching. It's a fascinating view. I, I, you know, right now, so if you're a Miami fan, listen, nobody argues passionately about things they already know. I'm not going to argue with you that the sun is going to come up tomorrow. We know it to be true. I'm not going to passionately argue with you about the sun and whether or not it's going to come up tomorrow. What people tend to argue passionately about are things they're not so sure of. Things that they eh, they think may be true, but they're not real sure. See politics and religion, friend. Well, so here well, you go. Why the okay, U's been back uh, fifteen times in the Correct. last twelve years. So yeah. why? So if you're a Miami fan, all right, you're going to argue passionately that this is the way to go. That you are all set. You're not real sure. You're not real sure. But it better be. It better be because it's all you got. So you have to argue from the vantage point of, hey, I know on the field we've done nothing of any significance for bordering on 25 years, and we just got our asses handed to us 45-3 to by the guy that I'm now going to rip on your message board. <laughs> okay, fine. That, you have to do that. You have no choice. You have to argue passionately for the unknown. It's, it's the only way you can do it. I know Florida State won 45-3 on the field. I know Florida State is set up to win more games next year than Miami yet again. I know that. I don't have to worry about it. I'm not going to get in an argument with a Miami fan about that because I already know. They do too. They do too. They have to come at it from this angle, which is fine. But I will also say, you're going to have to do better, meaning Florida State staff, within the high school ranks. We've got to figure it out in the current landscape how to do better with high school recruiting because we're kicking ass in the portal. That's a known. We are not kicking as much ass with high school kids. Isn't it just as simple as money? Isn't it? I mean, I know what you're saying that you got to be smarter about how you spend your money. A you lot have smarter. to be smarter. Mm-hmm. But the only way out of that is to message clearly from the program side, which you can't do right now because the collective has to operate independent of the athletic department. Well, I, I think. But you I would can think the it. only way to, to to make it work. Well, no, to message publicly. Right, right, right. You've right. got to send the word out that this is a meritocracy here. If you produce, you will be rewarded. Correct. This isn't about anything short of that. Maybe we can help you a little bit if you're coming from the portal. Tough situation. You need some you need some ends to be met. We can do that. We can do that. But when you get here and you develop and you work, climb, yada yada, one percent, we'll give you thirty percent more. Yeah, sixty percent. Well, I, I mean, there's evidence right now to that end. Look at the retention. Look at what's happened. Now you've got concrete evidence, the evidence that you will be taken care of if you come here, commit, work hard, get better, and you're part of the solution. You're part of the reason we're winning games. You're one of the reasons, one of the many that we're beating Miami forty-five to three. 
then, yeah, you're going to get rewarded. See the 15 guys that made an announcement last week that they'd sign with the battles in. They didn't sign for free. So, obviously, this, this, we're showing proof of concept that's happening there. But you're not, but, but, but you are going to lose the high school kid. And, and I don't know how you couldn't. You couldn't. Well, that's what I'm saying is if, you, if you're going to criticize and say that we've got to do better, how, uh, how do you well, do it without money? The well, market has to come back to com- you. You well, don't go out to the market. Right, but it's not completely about money, though. There, there are uh, – listen, it, it is when you're offering a high school kid $1.5 then it's all about the money. At $1.5 it's all about the money. From there, the more logical situation, see a nice – mix of relationships, rapport with a high school coach and a connection over time and a you know obviously a, a visitation from a coach to witness a game and the the building of that moment in time where you can say in addition to the relationship we've built with you the trust you have in us through these conversations and what you've witnessed and here's some cash. Yeah, you got to have some money to go with. That's just a fact. Everything is about algorithms and data these days. Sure, you know, in, in any major what's the balance? Industry. What's the balance of well, yeah. relationship, money, and yeah. No, but what I'm saying, yeah, how much is a visit worth? You know, how much is a Friday night visit worth? I, I think that we're going to start <laughs> launching independent well, wings well, of data is- and analytics that are going to say, look. We know that we can't spend dollar for dollar with, or we don't want to. We don't want to spend dollar for dollar with this school in the SEC or this school in the state because well, you can't. We don't want to destroy the culture by overpaying for a 17 or an 18 year old. Right. But how much does What's that do for your locker room? Two right? high school visits and an in home visit. How much does that cost? <laughs> uh, how much does that save us? Well, I, I just think, too, it's such a, a balance to try and strike from your head. Well, I've talked about the modern head coach having to be in today's game, today's world, Power Five school. You're now much more of a CEO then you are a position coach. Now, you can be that, but it's going to be very important that you have your house in order the way that the, a, 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 you know, a CFO or a CEO does, right? The next thing that's going to really matter, and this is where, and, and see, listen, again, if you're a kid coming out of high school and Miami offers you a million dollars and everybody else is offering you 300000 or something like that, you're going to take the million dollars. I, I get that. But what's very important in terms of you getting to where you want to go and having the success that you want to have, all right, is are you developed? Do you get better while you're there? Let's say we get the money somewhere in the neighborhood. Which of these staffs, now that everybody can pay for players, everybody can. It's not unique, right? In certain circumstances, you have a school like A&M, this year it's Miami, deciding to throw huge dollar amounts at the problem. They're going to win the day. They're going to win the day. A lot of good it did for Texas A&M. We'll see if it does any good for Miami. But where it is true is, okay, say we're playing in the, the same end of the pool now. We're, we're all driving a reasonable speed on the highway. We're going 80 in a 70 instead of 175, okay, right? Now we're all competing together, driving together, right? Of us, of this group, who is developing players and getting them to the NFL and winning games by that development, right? Are you sustaining that year in and year out? Is it sustainable long term? Ultimately, all those kids, all a four- and five-star kid is thinking about from a professional standpoint is, is this a staff that's going to get me noticed by NFL teams? My goal is to go pro. I'm not a five-star kid for nothing. I'm an elite athlete. I've produced. I've been a star for years. I could take a million dollars from this program 
But if we suck and I'm not getting any better and I'm not seen because we're four and whatever every year and guys don't get better while they're here or they take the money and then they transfer out to a place that does get them noticed, and that's that's not sustainable. I do think you've got to be competitive monetarily, but you also have to prove – you have to have coaches on your staff that make kids better. It's going to separate you long term. I think there's some coaches on this team that make these players better. A couple of coaches I don't think make these players better. And, and I think they happen to be guys that are also not particularly good recruiters. So the decision will be interesting. Seems pretty self-evident. Jeff Cabot Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. State. Short segment here. By the way, uh, just to clarify so that people know, uh, I heard somebody, you know, again, um, maybe you're just tuning in. The, the subject matter is not about uh, the Canes. The subject matter is about a larger philosophy. What is ours and where the programs are at? It really circles back always, as the world does, to what is Florida State doing? Uh, and what Florida State's doing right now is successful. You got more evidence of it over the weekend as you brought in a player. You also broke ground finally on the facility. Those things are – listen, I get every school does this when they break ground on a significant um, construction prog- project and one that's going to certainly aid your long-term endeavors and your educational needs, your athletic needs, and certainly they – help you aesthetically when kids come to visit. All of that is true. It's always a grandiose moment, same as when you break ground on med school or a law school or whatever it might be. Boy, I hate those ceremonies. Those are – it always feels a little, a little awkward. I don't think there's anything more necessary <laughs> – in the development of a program, an institution, a business. Of I'm any just kind. talking about the actual ceremonies, Tom. Yeah. I love them. I can't wait. Yeah. It was hard for me not to share with the people. It was embargoed what time it would be because they knew that there would be thousands of people mm-hmm. looking for an empty chair to be outside the mm-hmm. indoor practice facility. <laughs> and I understand that. Yeah. I just, every time that one of those things is happening, and it happened over the weekend here. Good, good. Glad it's happening. Glad that we are indeed finally breaking ground on this facility. This will be a great thing for Florida State, I'm sure. Come on, you didn't love the the white helmets, the white construction helmets? I just all of it. It's just, it's just there's perfect. So, so many moments when I'm like, oh, this is what what are we doing here, everybody? We're breaking ground. <laughs> is what yeah, we're doing. Yeah, I'm gonna break ground for my couch while I watch you all hang out there. That breaking the mold. Mm. That's a that's a that's a fun festival, that one. That little. I can't say what I want to say on the air. I cannot do well, it. Well, look, man, there are I some people do it. who wanted to be seen there that could not have been seen because they weren't allowed to be there, and that must have hurt because you need to be seen when you're at that particular event. Have to be by cameras and people alike, and <laughs> and the important ones were. <laughs> oh man. I I I, this, I watched intently our basketball game 
I know. I know that's the kind of sacrifice that we'll we'll take, we'll undertake for you on the Jeff Cameron Show. Because the Knowles are now, well, not good. They are, what, 2-9? and nine? Is that what we are? Yeah, 2-9. and nine. So barring a miracle run in the ACC, this will be a losing record. I'm looking at the schedule right now. We'll resume our ACC schedule this Wednesday night at 8.30. Against Notre Dame, who's, be- who's beatable? You can beat Notre Dame. That's a 7-4, and 0-1 in the ACC team. They're not very talented. That You can maybe win that one. I do like that we're competing, and soon we'll, we'll get our guys back. But something. The only head coach in Notre Dame history who was excited about being in the ACC and wanted to be in the ACC was Bray. Come on. <laughs> we're in the league, too. We're in the league, too. Yeah. Our, our our women's basketball team is very talented, very, very good. They gave – well, it started terribly for us against UConn. I was frustrated. I thought, man, I'll tune into many women's games. I'm locking it in here trying to watch this product, and we're getting housed. But then the furious rally, I thought maybe, maybe. It didn't happen, but all right. You're right there with the program, I guess. So that's good news. And you have a superstar, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we got good players. This is a bona fide superstar. So that's uh, that's cool to see, um, and that's 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 fun. Uh, they're eleven and one, by the way. Eleven and one, the women are. It's that kind of year, guys. It's that kind of year. We are on the Jeff Cameron show. I have to talk to you about the women's basketball. Team. Well, it's also winter training for baseball. Pretty soon. Thought about it yesterday, actually. Uh, I thought about how I've got to take Link up on the walking around and getting caught up. And speaking of awkward. No, it won't be awkward. That's going to be fun. That's going to be awkward. No, it won't. He's going to have what he wants to see done to that dump of a stadium, and I'm here for it because I've been talking about tearing that thing down for years. He's going to have to say it kindly, though, which is going to make it awkward. No. Like, just say it. Say it, Link. Oh, no, no. I'll pull him aside. Link. Now, we've had two really good discussions. You understand you can talk to me. We're the only ones out here, baby. Don't mind Aslan on the camera. Don't don't worry about it. Let's let it go. Let it fly. Hour number two forthcoming. Stay with.